welcome to another edition of the Sweet Valley Online podcast. I'm Raven, and I am burning down your house. I'm here with my not-so-evil triplets, Wing and Dove. I'm Wing, and you can't burn a house down. That's clearly always been mine. I'm Dove, and I don't really care about the house, but can we burn Amy? In Amy Moves In, Amy Moves In. But what does she move into, I hear you ask? Is it the Dairy Burger? Is it the school gym? Is it the Sweet Valley Home for Sexual Deviants? Nope, it's the Wakefield Compound. Amy's house has burnt to the ground, presumably because someone saw Elizabeth enter and then saw the identical Jessica walking past a few minutes later and concluded that there was witchcraft involved. Actually, Amy believes that she is to blame for the fire, as flames spring from her for JJ every time she thinks of Ken Matthews. So Amy stays with Liz, which should be wonderful, right? Wrong. The unicorns, now concluding that Amy is officially interesting, ply her with attention and quiz her on her ordeal and related sprained ankle. Liz knows the truth. Amy tripped over her laces in the mad rush to leave the house. But hearing Amy tell it, she broke her leg trying to kick the fire into space. Liz and Amy's friendship hits a new low when Amy accidentally tells the unicorns that Elizabeth sleeps with a stuffed koala. Soon the whole school knows, and Elizabeth is mortified. Things come to a head when Amy's article on the fire, set for the front page of the Sweet Valley Sixers, is naught but a litany of lies, exaggeration and deceit. Elizabeth wanted an interview, but Amy couldn't face the truth. Mr Bowman realises things are on the level, and when Amy's family show an interest in reading the final piece, Amy's pickle becomes full-on pickle-lily. In the end, all's good, obviously. Amy and Liz rewrite the article to make it more palatable. Amy wasn't actually to blame for the fire, it was wiring. And Elizabeth even offers to share her science project with Amy in order to help Amy's dwindling grades. A neat little bow if you can control your gag reflex. This book would have been much better if it was called Amy Burns to Death. Still, as it is, Amy moves in. A collection of words. <laughs> Didn't Amy sprain her wrist, not her ankle? I'm pretty sure it was a leg that she sprained. Cause no, th- she absolutely but broke her. But she's got a cast yeah, on the front. On her arm. Yeah, because the unicorn signed her cast. And it's the front cover. The, so, so she's got a broken wrist? Or broken arm, yeah. Ah, okay then. I'll re- re-record that line if that's okay with everyone. Whatever. <laughs> I was just going to make fun of you for it, but if you would rather re-record. Okay. Oh, no, no, absolutely fine. Yeah, fuck the pair of you. That's fine. No problem. Yeah, sorry. Well, I think that was... Well, let's let's seek into this then. I think that was the main problem with this book. I read it, and I enjoyed it, and when I came to write the blurb for the beginning of the recap, I just couldn't remember much of what happened. You know what I mean? It just it didn't stick. Yeah. Mm. I agree. I mean, admittedly, we're on a come down because we've just read the best well, book, yeah. <laughs> the best Sweet Valley ever. It was okay. It was passable. You know, it, the story was decent enough. The scenes were all right, but although it should have been a big story, it didn't really feel like a big story. I just don't really like Amy, and I think this this book is one of the reasons why. I mean, the thing is, like, when you read all this, your feelings, even early on, tend to get coloured by later books. Um, Because I know Rosie hates Amy based on her attitude in Sweet Valley High. So, you know, it does happen. But I think this book, coupled with sort of like Amy's pen pal 
Actually, no, I sided with her on Amy's pen pal. Yeah, it must be just this book and her general blandness and uninterestingness. Yeah, I mean, I quite enjoyed Amy's pen pal. I thought that was a good book. I, I, I as as you just said, I, I, you sided with her, and so did I. Yeah, I thought was it Samantha Williams? Yeah, it was Samantha we yeah, hated. I thought she so... was a cleft. You know, I'd have happily kicked her face in. She was really obnoxious. But in this book, Amy sort of almost mirrors a lot of the stuff that Samantha did. Yeah, Samantha sort of you know basking in the glory of the unicorns and and you know wanting to to basically exaggerating in order to 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 keep their friendship and ignoring her real friends and in fact yeah that that that's maybe why that this book wound me up a little bit because with Amy doing that one that's a retread of that book but two that shows that she learned nothing from when it happened to her because I felt for her at that time I felt I felt for her when she when Samantha was treating her like a you know, an arse. And and she was very, very believable and angry about the whole thing, but she seems to have no problem doing it to Elizabeth. I'm suddenly very scared of Amy because I know, like, I'm going to have to give you a mild spoiler. In book 48, Amy and Elizabeth are talking to someone and trying to ensure that they are not getting used by the unicorns because something very exciting is happening. And... Amy goes, yeah, remember when my house burned down, how they all used me? And it's like, no, Amy. Wow. But when your house burnt down and you used them, that has just twinged very badly with me, having read those very closely together and noticing it for the first time. Because, I mean, I think we all know who I'm talking about. But there is someone in my life who has a tendency to rewrite the narrative, even when there is concrete proof to prove that, what I say happened. But in their head, it's a completely different narrative. And now I'm kind of seeing that in Amy, and I'm just like, you need to die in a fire. There is a reason I killed you early in the Hunger Games. So close, so close. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any way that the unicorns used her in this. No, they were just being vapid. I mean, that's that's how they roll. It's like, oh, it's a shiny thing. We like shiny things. Two days later, I'm so over shiny things. Oh, a butterfly. Yeah. They didn't use her any more than they use anything that catches their eye. Like, they always want to be right there on the cusp of whatever's happening if they think it's interesting. But that's not because they're using her specifically. That's just... Yeah. They are easily distracted. Yeah. Well, as Raven always points out, remember the bikeathon book where everyone was bikes, 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 bikes. Were they using the bikeathon because they were talking about it? Well, per Amy, probably yes. <laughs> One thing that also wound me up in this was Elizabeth was peak helpy Elizabeth, if you know what I mean. She was just so annoying, not annoying, but just so wet. I'm like, oh, I'll do this for you, Amy. Oh, do you need me to wipe your ass? Yeah, I'll wipe your ass. That's fine. Do you want me to spoon you in some little mashed potato because you can't hold your your, spit, your, your, your knife and fork? Okay, and here comes the aeroplane. Nim, 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 nim. Just fuck off, Liz. But I do like it when she loses her rag with, with Amy because Amy and Jessica start hanging out as if they're BFFs now and they play Monopoly and they make a mess of Liz's room and they go through her clothes. Um, you know, they try on clothes and then just drop them and... Elizabeth loses her rag because all of a sudden her pristine cream and navy blue room with almost fuck all in it is a shithole. 
and she calls Amy a four-letter word. Does she? I don't remember that. Is this Sweet Valley After Dark? She calls her a slob. (gasps) Not that kind of four-letter word, unfortunately. And I quote, it was the nastiest thing Elizabeth had ever said to anyone in her life. I'm like, oh, come on, Liz. I say more insulting things to Wing and Raven as a greeting. And I love that she is so head up over calling someone a slob, but calling half the unicorns at any given time a snob, that's cool. Totally cool. Yeah, but then again, we know that she doesn't actually call them that. Well, she never calls them the snob squad, but she does talk about how they're snobby when she's talking to Jessica, usually. That's true. Yeah, and there was the time she called um, Mr. Nida could come. But that's <laughs> <It's> very true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was in the outtakes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was on the front page of the sixes. <laughs> Collectively, we've just lost our American audience. <laughs> so, by three, three listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very big in Israel, apparently. So that's fine. The one of the yeah, I'm talking about those that scene as well. That was another thing that wound me up. Was that there was a scene that the ghostwriter wrote to to make it look like Jessica and Amy were having fun and Elizabeth wasn't. And it involved Jessica and Amy laughing and giggling over a two-player game of Monopoly. Bullshit. I call such bullshit on that. Monopoly is the family killer of games. Monopoly is a table flipper, and it polarizes a lot of people. Monopoly is not a good game. And when there's only two of you, that's even worse. Yeah, that was a case of, we'll have them playing a game. What should we play? What should we have them play? Monopoly. Have you played that? No? Okay, that's a thing. We'll put that down. I mean, what I think would have been good then if they'd have had them playing Scrabble and not inviting Elizabeth. Or Cards Against Humanity. That wasn't invented in the 80s, so no. Scrabble's good, but I don't see Jessica playing it. I also don't see her playing Monopoly, though, and I love Monopoly. But no, these are not Jessica. I do love Monopoly. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because it's a table-flipping game. Sorry, Dove. (laughs) Uh, They do have a scene where um, Elizabeth suggests they play Scrabble. And Jessica goes, oh, I don't know any words. I'll play if Amy's on my team. And so they do play um, a very quick round of Scrabble. And then they move over to Monopoly because they're so impressed with Jessica trying desperately to struggle through a game where she is functionally illiterate. When you say they have this theme in this book. Please don't tell me I hallucinated that. No, they definitely do play Scrabble. Thank you, Wing. Thank you. I didn't remember no, anything of this. I completely blocked that out, yeah. But yeah, she only will play because there's two against one. Yeah. I bet Elizabeth still wins. But then they play another game. It's just not named. I I kind of read it as another game of Scrabble, but... Yeah. See, I, I mean, they could have played Detective um, or Clue. Yeah, Clue. Yeah. They, they mentioned yeah. that. Or Sorry or anything obnoxiously loud. That would have been Yahtzee, Boggle, Uno. Although Uno with two's a bit God, naff, I isn't love it? Uno. Or something like Operation. You know, one of those, like... <laughs> Mousetrap. <laughs> Mousetrap. Everyone trap. fucking loves Mousetrap. <laughs> Except for, no, I don't think anyone's ever played it. Everyone used to have Mousetrap, but it's like, can we play that? No, it's missing a piece. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it's, it's an awful game, Mousetrap. It's a, it's a machine Ooh, that never works. And it always worked. I used to not play it, just build the machines. That was so much fun. You're John Locke from Lost. 
that's the mark of a good game, isn't it? Not playing it, just doing other things with the pieces. Look, I don't it's like, like people. Monopoly's a great game. What I like to do is shove the hotels up my arse. No, but I do like to count and sort the money, so fuck you. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I mean, and that, the whole thing about Jessica not knowing any words, I, I call bullshit on that. I reckon, I'm sure that the unicorns have at least 60 words for purple. <laughs> That's true. She only knows, I was going to say, she only knows the dirty words. And of course, Elizabeth won't let her play those. It's not in the yeah. rule book. I have Quim and Q is on a triple word score. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, Jessica, but rimming is not in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, dear. Yeah, I mean, this book just, yeah, meh. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with what you said earlier. Like, I read it just a couple days ago uh, and could not remember a thing when we sat down to record this. I had to bring the book back open in front of me to be like, what the fuck happened? Besides Amy, I like Amy normally, but she's just jackass in here. She does the same thing to Elizabeth that she flipped out when Samantha did to her. And Elizabeth helped her take care of. Yeah, I mean, it's even worse than what Samantha does. Because Samantha comes and visits and Amy just wants to have friendly times with her pen pal. Whereas <laughs> Amy just... comes to stay. Yeah. Now, Karen, Karen, well, you know, yeah... Have you gone to rude places? I've gone to super rude places. Sorry, Friendly times. Is that a euph- euphemism now? It is now, yeah. I'm going to s- Google that. on the <laughs> Search for friendly times. Oh, my God, they're being very friendly. Oh. Yes, anyway. Um, yeah, she's just hope, you know, hoping to have fun with her pen pal and have, you know, to do friendship things. Whereas in this, she's imposing on the Wakefields because of the natural disaster or whatever. But also... She's injured, and Elizabeth is doing everything for her. And they are established friends. Actual, real-life friends. So the fact that she just basically throws that aside because the unicorns go, So, Amy, how did you sprain your, how did you, um, sprain your wrist or break your arm? Uh, and then she goes, oh, this is, oh, yeah, they love me. I'm going to talk to them now. I'm going to go and stay in Jessica's room. I didn't really buy the whole, they had like a, a sort of, not a subtext, but they, they kept going to Amy's point of view every now and then. And it was like, Amy was embarrassed about the way she was treating Elizabeth, but she didn't want to speak to her and tell her this because she was so afraid that she caused the fire. And I'm like, hmm. Just because you're afraid that you caused the fire doesn't mean you have to act like an arse. Yeah. To your friend. If you did you know? burn down your parents' house, you're probably going to want all the friends you can get. So stop being a bitch. And also, I would expect her to be talking to Elizabeth about it because Elizabeth fixes everything and she knows that. So uh, also kind of, it's not really important. It just is what the book turns on. But why was she staying with the Wakefields? Her parents were clearly staying somewhere else. Why didn't she just stay there too? Especially since we all sort of assume that Sweet Valley is so small because like the, the twins get go everywhere by walking or their bikes. So it's not like if she stayed in a hotel, she'd be out of the catchment area. And aside from anything, I'm sure schools aren't so unreasonable. It's like, oh, your house burnt down and you're going to be in a hotel like two feet out of our catchment area for two weeks. New school for you. Off to Big Mesa you go, Amy. The school wouldn't even figure it out, probably. Yeah. 
I just meant any school in general. I didn't mean someone as hopelessly inept as um, Sweet Valley Middle, where all the teachers are just on their... T- you could get away with so much as long as you're just flying under the radar. So I really don't think a school would have even clocked that she's living outside of the area or not. Talking about the school, though, I mean, they were doing this um, project, the science project at the beginning of the book, and they were making... I can't even remember. Was it a volcano? Vol- no, no, it was, I, it was a species. collage and report of endangered yeah, species. endangered so. species, was it? Yeah. Yeah, rhinos um, and shit. Yeah, but they had some cool interactive thing that burnt up. And then she was give- Amy was given a week to do it, you know, do the, the project again. And... She spent that week just tossing it off with, with Jessica, just, you know, messing about and, you know, Jessica going, oh, don't worry, you can do it tomorrow, you can do it tomorrow. What year? You haven't done it. Um, but then she went back to the, the teachers and said, oh, can I have it over the weekend to do it? And the teacher was like, no, I think you've had long enough now, Amy. And I actually fell for her a little bit there because her house burnt down, none of her stuff, so I'm presuming none of her school stuff, survived yeah. and she had a broken arm so i think an, a little a little bit longer when it was a case of no 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 because they've been working on this for weeks haven't they this project it was that like was quite my a impression project. yeah so the fact that it was all burnt up and elizabeth had to you know she, she was given a week but obviously elizabeth being elizabeth you can pull a bloody art bloody um school project from the depths of a backside at any given moment if you wanted devil's uh advocate i nearly said devil's elbow here i'm like no that that's something else entirely (laughs) yeah i'm gonna play elbow here that is the new way of saying it what if uh the teacher do we know for certain the teacher had not consulted with elizabeth and gone how's the project going and saint elizabeth went yep i'm done therefore the teacher went oh that lazy bitch Amy should have got her her shit together by now. We don't know for sure. But also, I kind of, to also play devil's elbow here, I kind of thought that it wasn't, because it's supposed to be a joint project. So it's not just that Amy with a broken arm and no supplies is supposed to redo this thing. She's supposed to be working with Elizabeth. So theoretically, I guess they could get it done in a week. Though you made a really good point about how it kind of is implied that there have been working on this for at least a a week or two, if not longer, and suddenly they're supposed to redo everything in like seven days? That seems drastic. (laughs) If I can play Satan's penis here for a second. (laughs) I think that it was a case of it being a joint project, but halfway through the week, because Amy was being a cleft, Elizabeth mentally um, just went, well, fuck this, I'm doing it by myself. And I don't think she cleared that with anyone. I mean, didn't somebody say, how's the project coming? And she went, well, mine's coming along okay. But I think I remember that that exchange happening. But that might have been with Jessica or might have been with her mum or something. I don't know. I think as well, if... Was it Mrs. Arnett? The project? Ms. Arnett? I think if Ms. Arnett had gone to Elizabeth and said, Elizabeth, how's the project coming along? I don't think she'd have went, well, mine's fine. I think she'd have went... Yes, well, I've decided to do it by myself. Amy's doing her best, but it's trying times for her, but maybe you should speak to her. She wouldn't have threw a friend under the bus because she never does that. Yeah. Even if even if the friend deserves being thrown under a bus. So uh, I did go back and check because it was bothering me. It was two weeks. They had two weeks to work on this science project that Ms. Caxton had assigned. 
Miss Caxton? Who the hell's Miss Caxton? I thought that was some random new teacher for you to hear. Yeah, we blanked yeah. that the hell out, didn't we? That's not even on the website, and don't put her down as a teacher, because she'll never come back again. I don't write this recap, I don't tag this recap, you don't have to worry about my obsession. I think what I might do for this one is recap the book that I think I read. <laughs> just like yeah, broken leg oh no what was it sprained ankle and yeah Mrs Arnett doing this and at the end of it Amy explodes it was really good I, I'd i love that I would too so what happens in that conversation it's the day before it's due uh, they end up talking to Miss Caxton she comes and asks if they're ready to present their project or whatever they're doing with it Elizabeth says she'll be ready with hers there's confusion because you know I thought you and Amy were working together well, we changed our minds. Uh, Amy asked for more time, and she says, well, you've had plenty of time. You're able to write in class without any difficulty. <laughs> so that's kind of how that went down. So Elizabeth doesn't super throw her under the bus, but she also doesn't get permission to work alone. And does kind of like, I don't know, we go, yeah, I'm doing my own project. And it's done. Yeah, okay, well, fair enough, I guess. I mean, the fact that she can write in class is a pretty f- a fair a fair comment from the teacher. Yeah, because Elizabeth's been getting really pissed off about this. Like, you know, she'll be pootling along getting ready to go to class or get, getting ready to get changed for gym. And then Amy's like, my locker looks like a piece of shit. Tidy it, bitch. I can't do this on my own. Which, if she could write with that cast on her arm, she could do a lot of stuff because that's hardcore. Yeah, and Elizabeth just meekly goes, yes, master. Every single time. I'm so surprised. Oh. And then seethes on the inside. It, it's like, there's two Jessicas. It's awesome. Yeah, it's true. Everybody turns into Jessica at least once or twice. Elizabeth turned into Jessica last book. Amy turns into Jessica this book. True, true. Maybe that's the hit. They're going to go through every single person in, on the Sweet, Sweet Valley campus. Everyone has to be Jessica once. I'm waiting for Randy Mason as Jessica Wakefield. I doubt with that. <laughs> uh, can we briefly talk about this cover? Because what is why why is this cover a thing? First of all, if you don't look at the cast, if you just kind of have it where you're looking at just their faces, I definitely thought that was Elizabeth and Jessica and Amy with Amy as the brunette. Not Amy is the blonde that looks just like Jessica. Let's have a look. I always thought that Amy had a um, a pointy little face. Like her nose is different, but uh, they it's close enough that I at just a glance. I definitely did not think that she was the blonde, and I assume Lila is the brunette. Oh, you're right. She actually does have the same facial model as the twins. Like the nose is different, but not much. <laughs> Yeah, because in other books where she's on the front cover, they give her floppy, useless hair and make her look more like a toolbox. (laughs) Nice. Because my first comment, when I had just looked at the head, I hadn't yet looked at the rest of the cover, I was going to say, I think that Elizabeth is not the one that needs to be in the middle because they're not fighting over Elizabeth, they're kind of fighting over Amy. And then I realized what was actually going on and went, cool, another fake Wakefield. Awesome. A fake field. Hey. A fake field. I like it. I mean, at least in canon, Mary Giaccio is supposed to look like the twins because her mother looks like Alice. And Still weird. Yeah, let's not go through that again because it's just frightening. But yeah, Amy doesn't look anything like them because like, don't you always read the subtext of 
This is Amy. She's Elizabeth's ugly friend. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's why she's dating the shorty, right? Okay, I'll just I'll just Google Amy moves in so I can have a look at the the the, the cover. There's a weird video called Amy Moves In Part One, which is Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. But the actual description of it is Charmy burns down Amy's house. So she blackmails Sonic into letting her stay with them. So I reckon whoever made that was made that was made in nine years ago. Okay, that's why. So I reckon that somebody <laughs> maybe have read that. I like it. When Amy moves in and, and yeah. Whoever made that, you're my hero. I've got a funny sort of like fan valley. Back in oh, two thousand uh someone got in contact with me because i was a big name fan in a in a very tiny fandom believe me you won't know who i am and said please will you wreck and review my fic i read it and i was like this isn't bad like it, it i'm not engaged and i don't really care about the characters but it's not that bad it's not that good either but it really reminds me of something. And then I went to bed and picked up um, Sweet Valley University. And literally the next chapter I read was that exact fan. How you fucked up is joking. that? I mean, she must have been fucking mortified. Like, what are the odds? And so I sent back like, yeah, I really liked it when it was Sweet Valley University when love dies. <laughs> <laughs> what did, they, what, did they respond to that or? Um, she was really defensive and angry at first, so I went on a massive rampage and got a ban from FFNet, and then she apologised to me, so it kind of came out neutral, and then she recommended one of my fix, and I was like, well, this has turned out weird. <laughs> that happens a surprising amount of the time in fandom, where you're doing it for fun and generally not for profit, but yet they still just copy a whole book or a whole chapter or huge chunks of a thing and pass it off with characters changing or with other people's fanfic it's it's very weird to me how that happens i know but what are the odds because i literally just bought that book from the charity shop That's like weird. the day before i'd read the first like six chapters and then i read wrecked and then i went to bed and literally read it again that's so weird. <laughs> if yeah, I was her, I'd be fuming. I'd be like, what are the fucking odds? Right. She was just like, what kind of freak is this? Like, I thought she was cool, but she's actually memorized the entirety of the Sweet Valley lexicon. <laughs> Wait a minute. So that would have been a true statement considering how much you know in this podcast and the recap. So she had your number there, Dove. I know. But I was so cool back then. <laughs> You were very cool back then. Wouldn't it be weird if she was listening? It would be. I, I was going to say, you, you joke about people not knowing who you are, but I bet if they knew what your fanfic persona was, they would know who you are, at least some of them. The circles of nostalgic books like this, not super huge. Mm -hmm. This is true. True. Not sure I'd necessarily plagiarize a really shit YA novel and then dedicate my life to listening to podcasts about it. So, I, you know... <laughs> But if you are out there, I'm sorry. No hard feelings, you know. <laughs> to be fair, you wouldn't have plagiarized any novel, so it's kind of a moot point which you would or wouldn't do in this situation. I know, but I like to believe that if I was a plagiarist, I would shoot for the sky. I would like, I would rip off Stephen King or Michael End or Michael Grant or Applegate. You know, I, I would not rip off a bunch of ghosties writing Sweet Valley shit. Like Applegate and Michael Grant. 
No, I'd rip off their genuine ideas, not the ones that were thrust down their throat. <laughs> like I would not rip off Sweet Valley High Ghost or Sweet Valley Ghostwriters. Like the ones you just named. That's true. Well, okay, I'd rip off the ghosties themselves, but I wouldn't rip them off while they were doing. Fair. Yeah. Okay, so a fallen land, a little tiny Amy moves in rabbit hole on on on, on Google. Oh God, what'd you find? Have you heard of Amy Moves In by Marilyn Sachs? Uh-uh. It was a book written in, 19, in 1984, because I was looking for the cover, and then the, the, the picture looks like Little Orphan Annie, with curly hair on the front. This is the first in a series of highly praised books about a poor Jewish family living in the Bronx in the 40s. I want to get to why this is interesting in a sec. Amy moves into a new neighborhood and learns to choose the right kind of friends and the consequences of lying. Okay? Fine. 1984. Now, this is the review of the book. See if you can pick up any parallels for Sweet Valley Twins. This book is suitable for young female uh, readers ranging in the age from about 8 to 11 years old, depending on their reading abilities and personality. These books are set in a Jewish neighbourhood somewhere in New York City in the 50s. However, even though the characters involved are drawn from a unique and small subset of society, the issues and obstacles addressed in them are university. Amy moves in as it it focuses on Amy, centres mainly on Amy's feelings of sibling rivalry and her difficulty with schoolwork. Amy is the second of two daughters. Laura, the eldest, has been labelled by her family and school as the smart one, which leaves Amy, a year or two younger and with blue eyes and blonde curly hair, the role of the pretty one. Each label carries a subtext upon which both girls fixate. If Laura is brainy and Amy is pretty, then it stands to reason that Laurie is a bit of a nerd, Laura is a bit of a nerd and Amy is a ditzy flake. Is that just the Wakefield twins? (laughs) It's it's much more polite description than we're used to of the Wakefield twins, but yeah, and yes, okay, it's set in the nineteen forties Bronx, but you know, it's when did Sweet Valley High start being published? Did we just find the inspiration for everything Wakefield? I think Very it was nineteen eighty two. Actually, I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, damn. this was published in nineteen eighty four. Maybe it was just a big thing at the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's possible. anyway. I digress. Well, now I'm curious. Yeah, but we have definitely wandered away from actual recapping of this book. We've talked about a fandom we have. that we won't name, and we've talked about another book called Amy Moves In that none of us have read. <laughs> yes, that's fair. Let's get back to this book. Wing's got a face on. 1984. Yeah. Double Love, 1984. Wow. So, yes, it's September of 1984. So now I want to know when the other one was published. This one was October. It says 10, oh, 1984. Look at that. Who's the publisher for Amy Moves In? Uh, this one. Scholastic. Yeah. We're Bantam Books. No. Oh, Rivals? Fancy. I mean, maybe, but I mean, this one is a period piece, isn't it? Because it's yeah. set yeah, in the 40s. Definitely. Yeah, well, Sweet Valley is now a period piece because it's stuck <laughs> in the 80s <laughs> well, and true, it thinks yeah. it's so cool and happening. Right. Um, I mean, it's just a prime example of how similar ideas can rise yes. at the same yes. time. But, That's I mean, fair. yeah, clearly we have gone far and clearly also we did not like this book. <laughs> yes, this is true. Well, let's go back to something. What did everyone think of Elizabeth and the Stuffed Bear? Was it a stuffed koala that she was sleeping with that one time? I think there is no harm in a 12-year-old sleeping with a stuffed bear when she's really sad. I thought that I was agree. one of the yeah. I thought yeah. that was one of the parts that was handled quite nicely. Yeah, I felt sad for Elizabeth when she chose yeah. to sleep with the bear, and she just did it because she was sad because Amy's friendship was sort of falling away. 
And I thought, yeah, that was nice. I guess even the reaction of the kids when Amy let slip, that was also realistic. So I did feel for her a little there. I did too. And I thought that was probably the nice, most nicely handled part of the book. Agreed. Was that agreed. It was sad for Elizabeth. It was realistic. Their reactions were realistic. Amy's guilt even over letting it slip and then realizing how terrible this is. Like it just, unlike some Jessica specifically saying something or them like, oh, we heard she wants a boyfriend or whatever. This felt like a very realistic way for the unicorns to bully someone over something that's real and little but it was it was kind of heartbreaking though i felt for her was there a b plot or was it just a plot is amy's feelings and b plot is elizabeth's feelings kind of thing or i think that was it yeah i can't i can't yeah. remember no i can't i mean i guess you could argue that the whole who set the fire is kind of a yeah because the a plot is really their friendship and all the fallout from that yeah but, but there wasn't yeah. a separate no <laughs> or if there was Clearly, we don't remember it. Because <laughs> this could possibly be one of the reasons we're not so into it. Because I think generally when we find that we didn't like a plot's A plot, we still go on for hours about the B plot, no matter how small it was. And the thing is, this one didn't have one. So that's why nothing in this book is staying in our mind. Because whenever I don't like a book, I get distracted by the B plot. Like, I didn't like Danny Means Trouble, but I thought uh, Jessica getting into exercise was a really fun little side plot. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Whereas this has just got, it's just about Amy being a dick, the unicorns being the unicorns, and Elizabeth Elizabeth being a sad panda. And I did really want Amy to be the one who burned the house down, not because she set the bag of ashes aside, but just because maybe she didn't fully douse the fire when she put it out. Like, I thought it was... Not necessarily a ripoff to have it not be her, but would they have it be such a big deal that she turns the fire on and they're allowed to have a fire as long as they're careful? That to me made it seem like, yeah, she clearly started this fire and then it. Yeah, then it was just wiring, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was, yeah. Or, you know, I think it would have been funnier if it was someone like, I don't know, Tony Rizzo trying to smoke them out so he could go in and steal the telly or something. He's really stepped up from his VCR stealing days. Uh, it'd be great if Tony Rizzo could get us a VCR because I just, when we were moving house, we found The Last Dragon on video and Guns N' Roses making fucking videos and they've never been released on DVD. So now I'm like, right, we need a VCR. Where's Tony Rizzo? <laughs> Guess what? We have a VCR. We're all a bit tired of this book, I think. But yeah, it was, yeah, as I say, it was okay. It was a it was book. A, yeah, it was a book. A book that happened. They were words and I read them. And as we've said, it, it's a come down from like the best Sweet Valley book there is. Don't say that. The the best Sweet Valley book we've read so far. Oh, no. I trust 100% that I could say it is the best Sweet Valley book that we will ever read. So. And I trust that too. However, I would not like to dissuade the audience from <laughs> tuning in every week to see if we can find a better one. I don't think they tune in for the better ones. I think they tune in for the ones that make us go boom. Well, that's probably fair. That and possibly for fair. our random asides. <laughs> yes. Well, they're all going to love this part of this podcast. <laughs> oh Bloody hell. Anyway, uh, have we got anything else to say about this book? It happened. It's over now. Yeah. Okay. It gets better. Yeah. It was, I must stress that this wasn't a bad book. No, it just wasn't 
outstanding. Yeah. There's, there are much worse books in the series. And yes, it, it gets... The fuck off with mentioning that. Can we just <laughs> leave that word as subtext from now on? Where your face falls and you get angry <sighs> about it all over again. Yes, thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a bad book, this. It was... It was fine. But fine is not what we want. No. We either want amazing or awful. Yeah. It also didn't help from my perspective. My God, you bored yourself then. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Sorry. Um, It also didn't help from my perspective that it was a book about Amy and I just do not like her. And obviously this was a book where it's designed for you not to like her. So I, I was already hating her on about an eight and by the time this book was done it was about a 73 out of 10 this is must have been a tough sell for you because it was about amy and elizabeth's friendship and you hate amy and you hate elizabeth that's true and i'm not that sold on friendship (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was gonna say but you got there first sorry i thought it was magic (laughs) yeah i only like friendship when it's between ponies wow this is why we get tagged with stuff (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right, okay, so shall we move on to Bleak Valley? Sure. I did the heavy lifting on the, the theory last time, so I'm hoping I you guys have got... Exactly. I got nothing. Okay. Any thoughts on Bleak Valley on this wing? It is Bleak Valley. The whole thing is Bleak Valley. I, I guess that Elizabeth doesn't... It, I guess in a sad way, it's like Bleak Valley Elizabeth doesn't even let herself have someone come in and be with her like in this fantasy she can have her best friend come in and maybe things will get better and she'll have someone to talk to and and all of this and then not only does this new person coming in blow up in her story that she's telling herself but this person takes away the better part of her too jessica so she's suddenly alienated from even the people who are fake people but people who are supposed to be her friends and be there and make things better so she can't even find happiness in her own dreams at this point which is sad yeah that is very sad what do you have you generally have something terrible well no i mean this one was a tough one because i was trying to think of a way because what the reasons you've just come up with then they're all quite um based on the feelings of the characters in the way they interact which is very valid and you're very bleak and, 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 you know, clear and good. But I was more surface and thinking about the fire, you know, the cause of the thing rather than a symptom of, of, of the situation that she was in. Um, so I was thinking that maybe the bleak valley for this was the bleak Elizabeth in doing her chores or something, maybe left the stove on or there was... A small kitchen accident, which involved, which included a small fire, nothing huge, 
just, you know... A tea towel. Maybe on a gas hob, a tea towel caught or some papers, and then they put it out. But she got into a lot of trouble. And I'm saying, you could have killed us all. The fire, you know, would have destroyed everything and you'd have been dead. Get back to your cupboard or whatever. And that was what spawned the idea of the fire. And that guilt that she might have felt in thinking that the fire might have brought her closer to other people because she would have escaped the reality that she's in and had to go and stay with somebody else against the guilt that she was feeling because she'd like to burn her family to the ground in a fire because of the way they treat her, um, which will be Amy's guilt, if you like, or thoughts that she, you know, that she could have set the fire going herself. I like that. Mm. I like that a lot. As I say, more surface, more surface than... Than, than, than deep on that one. But. Well, I don't know if I call it surface or when you say surface, it kind of sounds like you mean shallow, which I definitely wouldn't think it was that. Uh, I was kind of staying away from the fire because all I could think of was that that would be such an escape for her, either an escape into death or an escape into the actual world. But I like that, like it was just a small one that has, they blew up into something big because obviously they blow everything up into something big when it comes to Bleak Valley, Elizabeth. So I really like that. To movie. be fair, it could have even been like Alice falling asleep on the sofa with a, a lit cigarette. It could be nothing to do with Bleak Liz, but of course anything that goes wrong in the house is all down to Bleak Liz, which sort of explains why she has all this guilt and she's later exonerated and that's like her her truth. It's like, well, I know I didn't do it but I had all this guilt because they told me it was my fault. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, Bleak Alice I just getting, see that. getting wrecked. And, yeah. Falling asleep with a cigarette. That definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely see her doing that. Yeah, I see Alice doing a lot of sleeping. Like, she has, like, her breakfast drinks and then she's down for her nap and then she has a, her brunch. She's down for a nap and lunch drinks and down for a nap. And it's it's just this whole cycle thing. Well, per you, Sweet Valley Alice does that already. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Sweet Valley must sleep almost 24-7. She's like a giant cat, except horrible. Sleep, then gin, then sleep. I don't think she goes upstairs to lie down in the bed. I think she just collapses on the sofa. I think that's probably true. One of those people who rarely changes clothes because she doesn't actually go to bed. She just kind of like passes out on the sofa quite frequently. So she probably smells. I really hate Alice as well, uh, just in case of nobody knew. <laughs> who do you like in these books? Jessica, Lila. Jessica, Lila, um, Mandy Miller. Um, Ellen Reitman, even though she is horrible in a lot of books, I just disregard those books ah. and tell the writers that they got it wrong because they don't know Ellen like I do, because God knows fans like me need to exist. Um, <laughs> Clearly. Um, who else? I, I don't really have a beef with Mary. I'm not as attached to her as Wing is. I love Mary. I'm, I'm sure there are a couple more people I, I don't hate. Okay. I like how it went from who are characters you like to, oh, I guess there are some I don't hate. So, you know, way to lower that bar. I like Winston Egbert as well. Okay. Well, that's a good point you do. Fair enough. That's good to know. There you go. So there are a few that, you know, I, I do enjoy. Much shorter list than the books you're looking forward to. I know that I kept it short <laughs> because I knew this joke was, was like... Uh... <laughs> 
better wrap this up. They'll want to get their funny line in. <laughs> <laughs> so says the woman who goes ithig every time her cheers yeah. pops up. Let's mention bad book ithig. Right, thanks, cheers. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, there's only one thing left to do, and that's point out that Wing ordered way too many wheat balls. <laughs> I was going to point it out myself if you didn't, because you put it in the comments in my recap. I'm like, it's four years later. Yeah, and we're still working the way through them. Obviously. Yeah, when we moved house, which we did recently, readers and listeners, we had to have one van for our furniture and one for the meatballs. Now, Raven, you know that's not true. All we did was put the meatballs near the rest of our items, and the gravity of the planet-sized meatball <laughs> enabled us to just roll it from one house to another. That's true. It's like Katamari Damancy with m- minced beef. <laughs> well, Raven sat there and talked about how attractive his beard was. Yes. yes. <laughs> anyway, I think we've digressed once more. Um, shall we rate the book now? Although I can pretty, yeah, much, pretty much sure. Um, what we're going to do, I shall quickly run through the categories we have. We have five. The first one is stupendous. The second is good. The third is meh. The fourth is bad. And then the fifth is kill it with fire. I personally would rate this as a very, very middle of the road meh. It wasn't a bad book. It wasn't a good book. It wasn't a book that I remember enough to even rate it within the category of meh. As anything other than, I've read it, it's now done. So yeah, meh. I agree with all assertions there. Obviously, as these two have pointed out, Elizabeth is about Amy. I don't like either of them. But yeah, it wasn't actually a bad book. It wasn't like Danny Means Trouble, where I was just like, why won't this fucking book end? It, it just... It came hot on the heels of the Carnival Ghost, which was actually stupendous. And it it was just very... It was already average, but it was even less interesting by comparison. So... By dint of reflection. Exactly. And just... I, I just wasn't that fast. I wasn't uninvolved, but... I'm probably grading slightly harshly because... It was next to Carnival Ghost and about two characters that I loathe. So, sorry, book. I like Elizabeth sometimes, and I like Amy sometimes. And any book would have been hard-pressed to follow Carnival Ghost, because it was amazing, as we know, because I keep babbling on about it. But yeah, this was just a solid meh. It didn't, it existed. It was a story. I don't remember anything about it. Even after having talked about it, I am already forgetting the details of what we talked about. So... It's just not going to linger. Maybe it wasn't it's cursed. Good. Was it bad? Maybe, <laughs> Maybe it's cursed. <laughs> doesn't exist. Uh, and as it appropriate as it would have been. It somewhere. <laughs> That'd be really, really right? bleak, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well. It would have been nice to have this be kill it with fire appropriately, but no, <laughs> it's just meh. Yeah, yeah. Ah, well, there we go. A solid meh all round there. So, yeah, nothing more to be said about that, really. Okay, well, hopefully the next one will be better. I, for one, am holding out. We probably won't be as good as the Carnival Ghost for some time, but we might be, so keep listening, (laughs) keep tuning in. That's worth doing, really. Uh, So, yeah, until next time, um, this is Raven saying goodbye. Bye. Bye.
Bye. You've been listening to the Sweet Valley Online podcast about book number 44, Amy Moves In, recorded on the 29th of March 2018. You can access all our past recaps and podcasts at sweetvalley.online, a member of the nostalgicbookshelf.com network. Check us out on facebook.com forward slash sweetvalleyonline or tumblr at sweetvalleyonline.tumblr.com Our music is supplied by Stuart Taylor. He can be contacted at taylorstuart602 at gmail.com for all your own musical needs. We can be found on Twitter under sweetvalley underscore devil's elbow pod and bookshelf underscore raven. Next week, we'll be talking about Sweet Valley Twins number 45, Lucy Takes the Reins. Be sure to join us for that on the 6th of April. Until then, may all your enemies burn to death in the fires of your hate. 